When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's Spanish Football Podcast. Hello Sid. Good morning Phil. Good afternoon. Oh, you did a very Spanish thing because we're recording before two o'clock. You refer to it as morning. It's still morning It still is morning until you've had your three hour lunch break and you get back at five. Afternoon doesn't start till five. Uh, Correct. Although I guess four is, is, yeah, I guess it's any time after lunch, right? Basically when you go back to work. Yeah. Any time after you've gone back to work, it's the afternoon. Well, we've very much been working all morning. So we'll just crack on until we go off for a three hour lunch break. Ha! Um, Here's what happened on match day 23. In La Liga EA Sports, there were lots of interesting games, Sydney. We were at one on Sunday evening together. Doesn't often happen. Doesn't, does it? No, it was good, that. We are at the Madrid derby at a, a closed Bernabeu. And I mean closed because they had the roof, the roof shut, which is uh, an interesting dynamic. Anyway, this is what happened on match day uh, 23. Friday night saw Athletic Club continue their uh, storming, fantastic uh, home form. They beat Mallorca by four goals to nil. The first two goals were scored by Yuri Berchiche. The left back, two brilliant goals. The first goal is really quite ridiculous uh, what he does. It's a sort of a back heel flick volley. I can't really quite describe it, but it's really quite extraordinary. Uh, athletic flying high ahead of their Copa del Rey semi-final against Atletico Madrid. Then on Saturday, Valencia continued to inflict pain on Almeria, who are bottom of the table, winless and on course to be the worst team in La Liga history on just six points. Uh, Valencia beat them 2-1. Granada and Las Palmas played out a 1-1 draw. And Barcelona made it two wins out of two following Xavi Hernandez's decision to step down at the end of the season. They beat Alaves by three goals to one. Vitor Roque scoring for the second game in a row, uh, but also being sent off as well. Uh, Girona and Real Sociedad played out a really entertaining uh, goalless draw at Montilivi. And then on Sunday, there was a somewhat less entertaining goalless draw between Villarreal and Cadiz. Uh, Celta won 3-0. At Osasuna, uh, rather surprisingly, and Betis and Getafe played out a 1-1 draw. The same score as the Madrid derby. Uh, Brian Diaz giving Real Madrid the lead before Marcos Llorente equalised in the 94th minute. Monday night football is in Vallecas. It's Rio against Sevilla. And I've just clocked Sydney. I'm going there alone because uh, you're not going to be there, are you? Oh, I thought I was going to see you. I know. I'm so annoyed about this. So, so annoyed. I, 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 have, to, I have to go to London today and I was, I was looking, uh, really desperately struggling, sort of scrambling for a flight early enough tomorrow morning that would allow me to get to London in time and still go to Rio Severe tonight and it just wasn't possible and I'm not pleased. Well, no, neither am I, Sid, but, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll see each other again soon. 
I think you know, I'm sure he will. Something, yeah. something. At this point as well, because I think Sevilla, Sevilla's a. a I, I, this is going to sound harsh on Sevilla fans. It's a fascinating basket case at the moment, Sevilla. I don't think that's harsh at all. I think that's a very accurate description of the uh, absolute clusterfuck uh, that is Sevilla at the moment. Uh, Patreon, why not come and join us at patreon.com forward slash TSFP? You get weekly Q&A podcasts. You get bonus podcasts every single week. You get our series TSFP Presents and Rincon Cultural. You get Al's occasional paper reviews, access to the fantastic La Liga loving community on the TSFP Discord. What's not to love? It's only around €4 Euros a month, or you can sign up for annual membership and you get 10% off, guys. 10% off. Patreon.com forward slash TSFP. So we'll start with the uh, with the Madrid derby then. Uh, Real Madrid 1, Atletico Madrid 1. A, a result that's actually really quite good for the neutrals because it very much keeps alive the La Liga title race. Had Real Madrid uh, won, they would have been four points clear ahead of the visits of Girona. Uh, next weekend to the Bernabeu. If they'd beaten Girona, they would have been seven points clear and it would have been looking very much like Real Madrid are going to win the league. As it is, still just two points between Real Madrid and Girona. Uh, we had already uh, three uh, Madrid derbies uh, this season. One uh, in the league, which Atletico Madrid won, and then one in the Super Cup, one in the Copa del Rey as well. They were all pretty entertaining matches and this one was a little bit, a little bit more low-key, Sid. Yeah, it was very definitely. And in fact, I, I quite like Diego Simeone's analysis of this. Um, he said it was post-game. a weird game. He described, yeah, he described it as a, as a weird game. And he said, he said it felt like Real Madrid were the better team, but we had the better chances. And I think that's probably broadly true, at least in the first half anyway. He said it had nowhere near the, the excitement and the, and the kind of kind of the dynamism of those of those recent games. I mean, he actually included the first derby, the first league derby at, at the Metropolitano. I'm not sure I would include it if, you, if you're talking about really exciting games. I thought it was a game where Atletico played very well, but I don't think it was anywhere near as exciting as those two knockout games, which, of course, both went to extra time. And this one would have done, had it not been for the fact that it was a league game as well. Mm-hmm. It tells you something about the level of these two teams. Um, I, I must confess, my feeling going into the last couple of minutes of this was... It's only 1-0, but Madrid are just too strong. Um, and then, of course, they got caught. And they got caught for for a handful of reasons. One of them, of course, is, I suppose, the, the injuries they've had at, at, at centre-back and the, the fact that the centre-back partnership was both a pretty small one and a slightly makeshift one. Although I think it would be a bit oversimplistic to point purely at that. Um, I thought it was a, a good response from Atletico in the sense that they kept going for it, but they really should have been probably put out of sight beforehand. There's a, the, in particular, you would say that chance for Rodrigo, wouldn't you, when he, yeah. he sl- sl- slipped in in the right-hand side of the penalty area. Then you have that wonderful run and shot just wide from Brahim just before they take Brahim off. And so the feeling going into the la- those last few minutes was, yeah, it's not been a great derby, but it's a little bit like we were talking about with Real Madrid. I think last week, probably it was on the Q&A pod, or maybe it was on Thursday's pod, we were sort of saying, you look at Madrid and you don't think this is a really sparkling football team. This is a really brilliant side that does everything that does everything well and totally blows people out of the water. But you do look at them and think, this is a side that does everything, if, if not perfectly, really well, that has lots of different ways of getting at you, that looks and feels like a team completely in control. Mm-hmm. And even when they're not playing brilliant football. And that's kind of how I felt last night. I just sort of looked at my thought, that midfield... It's just kind of too good, really, mm-hmm. without needing to be at its very best last night. And I thought Tony Cruz played brilliantly again. I thought then you see the athleticism of Camavinga, Valverde and Bellingham 
Um, obviously, Cross is the one that doesn't have that, but he has the technical quality. Um, and you just, and also, I suppose partly because Atletico didn't really have a fourth man in midfield because it's a five-three and two. Now I know part of the five joins in midfield, but it felt like they were outnumbered there. It felt like Real Madrid had control of that part of the pitch. Um, albeit Atletico then shifted to something closer to a four-four-two. It still felt like Real Madrid had control of the middle of the pitch, mm. and. It was actually a little bit of a surprise and a little bit out of keeping with the game for Atletico to have eventually got the equaliser. But I do think Simeone's right when he talks about them having had two or three really good chances to have scored because they did have. They certainly did. And I think it possibly is worth us just dwelling on the fact that Real Madrid were playing with their fourth and sixth choice centre-backs uh, in this game with yeah. Nacho and Danny Carvajal uh, playing as a centre-back. I mean, Danny Carvajal is... A five foot eight right back, Sid, and he was playing. He was playing a, a centre back, and actually, actually did really quite well um, until maybe the 90, 94th minute when him and Nacho were uh, caught out for that for that goal. Yeah, I mean, it was a bizarrely simple goal and a really, really badly defended goal. For what it's worth, um, at the risk of sounding like I've got a vendetta, um, for what it's worth, the person to point the finger at in that goal is Nacho, not not Carvajal. No, um, Nacho does a very strange jump doesn't he he sort of it's like he's not sure if he wants to risk going for it or not and it was a a, a very strange goal for Madrid to concede actually Ancelotti himself said post-game I can't remember the exact quote now but it was worse the effect of we had a small defense and we got caught in the air yes um admittedly it only really happened once maybe twice because there's that I think Ooh. it's a Saul header that goes just wide, isn't there? Uh, there's a Savage header that goes wide, I think. Oh, the Savage. And there's a Savage one from the corner, yeah, at the far post. But there's also a Saul one that goes wide. So there's two then in the first half. Uh, yeah, doesn't Lunin make uh, a very good save as well? Yes, he does, doesn't he? And that's in the air too, yes. isn't it? Yeah, good point. And yeah, they yeah. Score, score a goal from... A ball in that was, you know, was which offside. is also in the air. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. You know what? It's almost like You're Atletico. These up, Phil. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> like Atletico had isolated this and thought, hold on, they've got a small team, small defence. Yeah, let's put balls into the box and cause problems. I mean, for what it's worth, you know, Atletico are a team that will create goals against you when you've got a big defence. In fact, you look at the three-one earlier in the season in the league, and all of those goals are basically built the same way. Yes. Down one wing, finish on the other wing. I think it's down the left and finish on the right, isn't it? All of them, or is it the other way around? Hang on, I'm trying to picture them now. Yeah, it's all. Is it? It's all down the left, finish on the right, isn't it? Or is it the other? Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is that they 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 were looking for that space behind the 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 the, the sort of the more distant of the two central defenders and between him and the other fullback. This obviously has special circumstances. And Ancelotti was asked, you know, why didn't you buy a centre back? And we we talked about this ourselves at the time. And we we thought, well, I thought at least that they that they probably would if someone became available rel- relatively cheap, the same as they'd done with the goalkeeper. But Ancelotti made a I think a reasonable point, which was to say that, look, this is a one-off game. Yeah. Now, that's not quite true because it's a one-off game to get Shoemeni back, who's also not a central central defender. Yes. Um, and maybe a one-off game to get to get Rudiger back, assuming that he's fit in time for the Girona game that we can, which he may or may not be, we'll see. Hmm. Um, but yeah, they, they definitely paid for it. Uh, Vinicius Jr. also not in the uh, starting eleven. Uh, he was initially, but then seemed to have uh, hurt himself in the warm-up and yeah, uh, neck. retreated to the his, bench and didn't it was, teach. It was his neck, wasn't it? Um, the, the curious thing about that, of course, is that that's why Brahim played. And he was the best player on the pitch from Real Madrid point of view. At least certainly the most exciting, maybe not the best, because I, as I say, I thought the midfield played really, really well. Um, uh, it's from a Real Madrid perspective. I thought you know there's quite a few individuals that you could pick out and yeah. had really good games. Brian Diaz played really well. Um, Tony Cross played really well. Lucas Vasquez played really yes, well. Yes, he did um, very very well. Yeah, yeah. For Atletico, 
who could you pick out and said had a, had a really good game? Yeah, well, it's curious, isn't it? Because individually, I'm not sure. Because, for example, Rodrigo de Paul wasn't as uh, wasn't as influential as normal. I'm gonna I'm gonna rescue Griezmann from this a little bit. Now, I don't think this was okay. Griezmann's best performance at all. But I was very struck by something. He literally had not touched the ball in the first seven minutes. The first time he touched the ball, he creates an absolutely glorious pass for a Morata chance. Actually, Morata probably should score. And I felt like the moments of quality that they produced invariably came from him. Um, mm. And and so he did. I, I suppose you could possibly argue that once once Memphis came on, he made things happen as well. He's involved in the goal. He wins a couple of corners with a couple of runs. Um so I think I think you could maybe maybe point to to Memphis as well. But you're right individually. This this is why I mean it goes back to what Simeone was saying. This is a really strange game that hmm. sort of doesn't make a huge amount of sense in terms of the final outcome. And yet, yes. nor would you look at it and say, "Well, Real Madrid should have absolutely battered them." Now, for what it's worth, I think Real Madrid probably should have run out winning this. As I say, they had a couple of good chances. I think they've got at least one pretty good penalty shout as well and so you, you sort of look at it and you think well the balance of it and the, and, the, and the feeling of the way the game played out yeah Madrid probably should have won this for what it's worth you know this isn't a bad result from Real Madrid's point of view it doesn't open the title race entirely it doesn't close it either though that's for sure no it doesn't uh, so the fourth and probably final Madrid derby no of the I don't think so I reckon they're going to meet yeah. each other in the Champions League I reckon it's happening Philip well let's see maybe we'll get a Fifth Madrid derby uh, of the season, a fifth and sixth uh, Madrid derby of the season uh, in the in the Champions League. For the moment, uh, we'll put that fixture uh, to one side and um, talk a bit about Girona nil, Real Sociedad nil. Um, I mean, this felt like I think Girona were really actually quite disappointed at the end of this game uh, by a drawing nil nil with a side uh, who won their. Champions League group, which obviously shows how how far they've come. It was a uh, it was nil nil. It was actually a really exciting game. Uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah, was, you know, yeah. Pl- plenty plenty going on. It wasn't a a boring nil nil draw. But yeah, um, Girona uh, dropping two points at home because they've been so strong at home, and they've got some big games coming up. Obviously, they're away to um, they're away to Real Madrid. I think they've got to go to Bilbao as well and take on uh, Athletic. There's some some really big games coming up for them, and these were two points dropped at home. Against the Real Sociedad side, who had loads of players uh, missing as well, so they were pretty happy with uh, how their uh, trip to Catalonia uh, went out. But yeah, what did you make of this game? Well, I mean, as you say, the players missing. They also had two get injured during this game, both Becker yes, and Odriozola. Uh, Odriozola. The Odriozola one's horrible as well. You see the way his knee sort of pops inwards slightly as he as it, it bends in a way that it, that yeah. it shouldn't. Um, his knee sort of bends. I mean, to try. No, it's okay. Don't go into. It's okay. Don't go into. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm not it's going fine. to. I a think bad right, injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a bad injury. It looks like a bad one. Let's let's hope that it's that it's not as bad as it first appeared. I actually thought this this as you say this was a really really good game. It was really enjoyable. I thought both teams created sufficient chances to have won it. Um, both of them had goals disallowed. For what it's worth, the Girona goal disallowed. I think is really dubious, and and I think it's really dubious. As much as anything else, because of the the conceptualisation, as by the way, the, the drilling has started again outside my house. So if you can hear a horrible noise, apologies for that. It's it's very much the sound of of Madrid. Um, the I, I, the reason I'm I'm so dubious about this one being ruled out isn't just so much explain, the, the decision. Just explain what happened. Well, that's why. That's, yeah, isn't so much the decision itself is as the conceptualisation of it. Essentially, what happens is there's a long ball up the left wing. Uh, Savio is running after it. I think it's Savio anyway. He, he's offside. Yes. He. The, the the move continues. 
37 seconds passes between that pass and Girona eventually getting the ball back in the net, in which time Raul Sociedad have headed clear two Girona crosses and even got hold of the ball, albeit very, very briefly, after a, a Girona attempt at a cross breaks down. So you have two headed clearances and you have one moment when two Raul Sociedad players, one gets it, knocks it to the other, who loses it again. So, of course, then you get this argument as well, is this really still the same move? Is it the same attack? Is it still the same phase? And, and that's where the argument comes because Raul Sotheran did get possession back. And as I say, not only that, but cleared the ball a couple of times, which maybe doesn't count as I'm actually getting possession back. But on mm. one occasion, I think they probably did. And the, my problem with this really isn't so much the decision itself because actually, really and truly, the linesman should probably put the flag up straight away because I think the original offside is... It's tight, but I think it's a relatively yeah. clear one because it's yeah. right in front of him. It's right in front of him. So, yeah. so in a way, and, and, and in a way, that's kind of part of the problem for me is that this suggests that the existence of VAR causes a problem because it discourages linesmen for putting their flags up and yes. then brings it back for something that happened 30 seconds earlier when a whole load of the game has continued. And I don't know, I'm just very uneasy about that. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's uh, pretty ridiculous, to be honest. But, um, but there we go. Uh, at the end... Did you hear the Girona fans were chanting, I see, I see, I see Ganel Madrid? Yeah. Um, I mean, Madrid weren't even playing, <laughs> but obviously you can understand well, why, yeah, because it, cause it's, it's yeah, Real Madrid yeah. that, that they're up against in, in the league and they would have seen this as a decision designed, well, not designed, that's the wrong word. Well, actually, maybe they see it like this, much as yes. I don't. A, a decision designed to, to, to derail their title chase and to help Real Madrid. I, um, I don't see it like that at all, but I mean, I'm sure that no. they will. One of the reasons, of course, for this is is that a lot of Girona fans are Barcelona fans as well. Girona fans are going to hate me for having yes. said that, but some Girona fans, certainly in terms of their natural inclination to uh, be sympathetic towards one or the other, and in the case of some Girona fans, actually Barcelona fans who've taken to Girona as well. Uh, so maybe yes. that helps to explain a little bit why that's the focus. Um, I just want to tell you guys, because obviously the majority of you listening to us don't don't live in Spain and you're not necessarily uh, consuming uh, football in in Spanish and through Spanish uh, uh, media. The discourse on referees in just I mean this season in a whole, but in the last few weeks, it just feels like it is relentless and it has just gone up to a level that is becoming really quite unbearable. It is genuinely quite unbearable to to, to listen to Spanish radio to to try and watch TV or, or re- it's just it's too, it's too much. It's really really difficult. And people say, oh, why don't you? You know, we you say you don't talk about the referees. I think it's partly in a reaction to what we're experiencing. Certainly for me, anyway, what I, what we're experiencing here in Spain, it's just um, it's too much. There was it was it was very interesting. I thought last night. Well, I don't know if interesting is the right word, but I'll stick with it for now. Last night, one of the one of the Sunday night roundup shows, the one that's done on Movistar, which is um, presented by Juanma Castaño, they talked about this and and they 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 clipped together comments of managers talking about referees and basically to say, look, they all do. Now, I thought it was a quite disingenuous to be honest, because the discussion was saying. You know, look, everyone's doing this. Just stop it. It's got out of hand. Uh, it's too much. And, and, and I would basically agree with that discussion. The reason I say it's disingenuous is that was done by a program that enjoys the controversy much more than the football most weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that also projected the way that the managers were talking as if it was all the same. And it absolutely isn't yeah. because some managers yeah. were talking in conspiratorial terms and others were just saying, I'm not sure about that decision. Um, you know, I, I saw someone this morning as well criticising Marco Llorente after the Real Madrid game for saying, well, I'm not entirely sure about the rules because Atletico had a goal ruled out 
uh, for offside, positional offside, uh, Saul is standing in front of the goalkeeper, Lunin, but Lunin's inside his goal. And people said, well, you should know the rules. And to be fair to, to, to Marco Chironti, he wasn't moaning. He was just saying, I, actually, I haven't had a chance to see it yet. And I'm not sure if it changes anything that the goalie is off the pitch and inside his goal. And it was literally him just honestly saying, and I'm not complaining about anything, I, I, I just don't know what the rule is. And, and so it just feels like everybody's kind of waiting to basically fight their corner on this. And that's the other problem, of course, is it's always from your own corner. Uh, yes. But for what it's worth, I, I do think over the last week or so, the discourse coming from Chavi has been pretty absurd. Uh, go on. Do you feel free to... To elaborate on that. Well, he 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 was. He said the other day, it's absolutely clear. Even a blind man can see it. This has been happening since the start of the season. We're paying for the Negreda case now. I just and just this idea that it's set up against them. I I just you know. And this weekend, a weekend in which Real Madrid. All right, admittedly, I wouldn't call them big penalty shouts, but there's at least one for me. Is I just I don't know. I yeah. I find it. Tyson, it's, it's, to be honest. Genuine, and from everyone, genuine. by the it is, way. But, it, is, it is, which is yeah. why we really do not dwell on these things too much. But we just well, have. <laughs> we just We've have. just spent Sorry. all this time telling Sorry you why we're not going to, well, why it's so tiresome, basically. So, yeah. But to be yeah. fair, you know, we're not, we're not yeah. sort of screaming at each other from deeply entrenched no. positions. No, no, yeah. but we've, we, We've used we we've used a lot of time to decry the fact that the media uses a lot of time to talk about referees. Uh, Barca beating Alaves three one at the Estadio Mendizorroza. Um, I, I guess this was kind of a reaction from Barcelona. Um, yeah, I, mean, yeah I'm I mean, not so it convinced. Was a, it, was it was okay, okay. but yeah. no, exactly. I'm glad. I'm glad that okay. you're not convinced yeah. because. Xavi said post game, "Look, we've seen the reaction now from from the decision in the last two games." I, honestly, I, honestly, I, I just don't again, agree. After the Osasuna game in midweek, and he was, we spoke to him on on La Liga TV, and we had him in English, and he uh, did an interview with our reporter, and he was like, "I'm really, really happy. I'm so happy. We played really well. You can definitely see the reaction." And I think everyone, I was just looking at everyone in the studio. We were just looking at each other, like, "What? What? Like, I know Chavi is a he's a positive guy. He's a positive person. That's how he view things, and he's sort of upbeat in theory." But this was just bizarre. It was actually genuinely bizarre because that game against Osasuna, there was nothing there. Like there was genuinely really, really nothing there. And this one against Alaves, minutely more, minutely a, a bit better, but really not yeah. that great. Yeah, there's there's things in this game that I think you can feel positive about. But I don't think, I think, I think there's two different things here, uh, but they go hand in hand. One is whether or not you can be positive about it. And I think there are elements of this game that you can be positive about. That's fine. I'll take that bit. Um, but the other is the idea that it's positive because of his announcement. I mean, that's going. definitely nonsense. I that's don't see, definitely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't see this as being out of step with... Because there's been games this year where there have been positive moments. And actually, Xavi has spent most of the season telling us they're yes. playing well. And for a lot of the season, we've thought, well, I, I, just, I don't yeah. really see it. And so, so if, if you now say we're playing well and it's because I resigned, but then does that mean you weren't telling us the truth when you said you played well mm. before? Um, now, I mean, maybe we're clutching at straws a bit here. Oh, sorry, that's not the right word. We're, we're picking at him a bit too much here. Maybe we're being a little bit too kind of pedantic and, 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 and nitpicky. But there were, and there were things in this game. I mean, for example, the Lewandowski goal. Beautiful, beautiful and, goal. And actually, what a I would finish. Say, I, yeah. I, yeah. And, and it was the kind of goal that you, 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 this is the kind of goal you should have when you've got Pedri, Gundogan, Frankie de Jong and Lewandowski mm. on the pitch. 
And those four players were the players that combined. And that's the kind of goal that those kind of players should be able to produce. And it's a really, really lovely goal. Uh, I thought that the um, Vitor Roque goal was really nicely taken and pretty nicely mm. constructed as well. And the goal that, that Gundogan scored was also really yeah. nicely constructed yeah. and finished. And you go, that's really, really good. But my, I must confess, my feeling in the last, what, 15 minutes of the first half and maybe the first 15 minutes of the second half was that actually Barcelona looked really, really vulnerable. And they go 1-0 up, and they go 2-0 up, and then Alaves score immediately to make it 2-1. And to be perfectly honest, with everything that I've been watching for the 20 minutes around those goals, I thought, Alaves are going to come at them here. Because it felt to me like every ball in the air they were winning. Every, every loose ball they were getting to first. Now, Alaves at Mendy Thur, are a reasonably good side. They'd picked up nine points from nine. In other words, three wins in a row coming into this. This was a game where, I'll be honest with you, pre-game I thought, Bas mm. can lose this. This is a game that Barca can lose. So in that sense, yes, this is a good result. And yes, there were moments of the performance which were pretty good. Or, well, were okay. But I don't see this as some you know, clear demonstration of a, of a reaction no, at all. I mean, it's not. But it, it is definitely a good result. Definitely a very good result for, uh, for, it is. for, yeah, for Barcelona. It is. Yeah. And they're eight points off, off the top. Who knows if they win next week, which is... Highly, highly possible uh, at home to Granada and Real Madrid and Girona take points off them. Well, cut the cut the gap down to six. Who knows? Who knows? It's not it's not over yet. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, no, it's it's not. And the main thing I think from Barcelona's point of view is is that you know a, a few weeks ago we were thinking, wow, they might not even get a Champions League yes. place, and certainly we were thinking they don't look like they're going to get second. Now, if they if Madrid were to beat Girona and Barca win next week, then I think Barcelona do start thinking, actually, you know what, second second is within grasp. Yeah, so they need Girona to do them a favour, take some points off them and uh, and draw. Let's see. Um, we've spoken about them before on the podcast. I think we're going to have to continue to uh, speak about them while they're in this uh, kind of form. But Athletic Club with that uh, 4-0 thrashing of uh, Mallorca on Friday night, and the Friday night game often gets... Uh, uh, overlooked a, a little bit, but what Athletic Club are, are doing this season really is uh, uh, extremely impressive. Uh, the uh, goal scoring, the the kind of how can I put this? There, there seems to be almost a sort of constant momentum when they play at home. There's just this constant relentlessness um, about them, which is uh, really fun to watch. Yeah, really fun, and, and you know it, it fits with the environment as well. The noise because Samames is is you know probably with Betis and 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 maybe Atletico the the the, the noisiest ground and they're probably the noisiest free grounds in Spain at the moment, aren't yeah. they? Um, and and you you know there there is a real joy to that. There is a kind of a breathlessness about it. Um, Valverde was talking about this after the last Copa del Rey game. Um, I think it must have been that game because that's yeah. the last. That's, that's the last athletic game I was at. So I think it must have been that game. Um, and, and he was saying that, you know, actually the measurements that we have of our kind of physical, uh, what's the word, output, is not that different to last year. But it's what really stands out. I suppose what's different now is they're being effective in front of goal. They're taking the chances that they weren't taking last year. There's a dynamism about them that, that's, that's great to watch, as I say, partly there last year, but I think it's a little bit better. It's a little bit clearer. I think it's a little bit more incisive than it was last season. I think the move 
of position from Riaki Williams plays plays a part in that. I think I think the performances of Sunset definitely play a part in that. You see the performance of all the way across the midfield actually is is really really good. Obviously in this game Yuri Yuri Berchiche, but I wouldn't claim that he was the kind of the outstanding player this season. But of course he's important and they are brilliant. I, I saw a statistic. Um, I, I think I saw it this morning uh, or last night. Although this morning or last night have kind of segued into the same thing in my mind. Um, that this is their best home form in 26 years, Athletic. Uh, 14 games unbeaten in all competitions since Real Madrid beat them on the opening weekend of the season. Haven't lost since uh, in any competition. And uh, yeah, they're looking uh, very, very impressive indeed. Uh, nice that the uh, the fourth goal, I like this, it was scored by Ika Munyain, assisted by Oscar de Marcos, two uh, one-club men who have uh, been there for 14 seasons. And Munyain isn't isn't playing much this season at all, but um, he still seems as committed as ever uh, to the cause, popping up for his uh, first league goal of the season. Last season was the first season he didn't score uh, a league goal, Ika Munyain. Oh, I didn't yeah, know that. Uh, right. He, 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 yeah. He's got his goal this season. And uh, nice to see two veterans uh, combining there for uh, uh, for that goal. Um uh, Sydney in the uh, in the Segunda División are you uh, are you fully aware of what happened in the Segunda División Well I'm I'm aware in the sense that Oviedo are now back in the Oviedo position which is two positions yes. and two points away from the playoffs having drawn yes. 1-1 I don't know if you've got a chance to see any of this even if it's just the highlights or just the goals um Oviedo actually played pretty uh, I well I saw I saw Santi Cazorla hit the bar Yeah I tell you if that had yeah. gone in um I, I, yes. I, you know I, full disclosure here uh, a member of my family did come into the living room to find out what had happened and what the noise was. <laughs> right. And you just said, Santi. Yeah. I just said, Santi's just almost done. Uh. Anyway, so yeah, Oviedo drew 1-1 with uh, El Dense. Uh, elsewhere, leaders Leganes drew 0-0 with Valladolid. Espanyol beat Levante 2-1. Thanks to a brace from the Segunda's top goal scorer. Our former friend Martin Braithwaite. Uh, so it's Leg. <laughs> Are we calling him former now? Well, that, that's that's his doing, not ours. We're, we're not we're not d- denouncing him. He's just denou- well, well, not denouncing. That's not the word. Renouncing. We just lost touch. Renouncing. You know, we lost touch. We grew apart. Yeah. You know, these things happen. Drifted apart. <laughs> Uh, so Leganes are uh, first, Eibar second, Racing Ferrol are third, Espanyol fourth, Valladolid fifth, Valladolid fifth and Elche are sixth. And as you said, Sydney, Oviedo are naturally two points off the playoffs. Uh, this week, we've got Copa del Rey semi-final first legs, which should be a lot of fun. Tuesday night, it's Mallorca against Real Sociedad. Uh, then on uh, Thursday, it's Atletico against Athletic, which... Um, uh, no Wednesday Wednesday Atletico night Atletico. it's Atletico uh, against yeah. Athletic yeah. sorry and uh, obviously Athletic Club have had two days extra to prepare that game compared to Atletico yeah. Madrid which is which is why you thought it could be Thursday because of course that's what Atletico asked for yes I mean honestly it, it, right, no I'm not going on this front right that's it I'm just not doing it I'm just not doing it don't do it Sid we know how you feel about scheduling not doing it. we know yeah. we know and uh, we share your feelings as well uh, that's it for today's edition of the Spanish Football Podcast if you want more Spanish football content of the highest quality come and join us patreon.com forward slash tsfp we're going to be podcasting over there for the rest of the week lots of good stuff coming up for you so come and join us four euros a month and if you don't want to do that we'll do another free podcast for you next monday adios cheerio
Social Podcast Network.